most unwanted. I was listening to that on my way home, so it's in my head. It really is the soundtrack of our generation. It totally is. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted, and I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And today we are covering Season 4, Episode 3, Teleco, written by Howard Gordon and directed by James Charleston. And it originally aired October 18th, 1996, uh, features the second appearance of Lori Holden as Maria or Marita Covarrubias. And also has a notable guest star, Carl Lumley, who uh, most recently appeared as a character in Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Wait, is he the old man? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's also, he's been in a lot of stuff, though. He was the, he was the uh, voice of John Jones in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited as well as the direct-to-DVD animated film Justice League Doom and the video game Injustice Gods Among Us. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and he, like you said, he was Isaiah Bradley on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He's also been in a bunch of other stuff. He was on uh, Supergirl, and he was on, uh, let's see... Battlestar Galactica he was in. So he's been in a lot of stuff, Carl Lumley. He's a, he's a well-known guy. He was uh, the um, he was Marcus Duff, the, the social worker in this episode. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I rem- I know we talked about Lumley when the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode came he up. He was but so that was good so, in that show. <laughs> he was so good. It was so <laughs> long ago that it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't even know where to start with this episode. Uh, <laughs> it was written by Let's Howard. Start by playing Toto by playing Africa by Toto. Yeah, it was written by Howard Gordon, which is surprising because <laughs> Howard Gordon normally uh, is a pretty good writer for this show. Um, he was originally working on an episode about someone who appeared to be immortal. But he kind of reworked it to have concepts about, you know, xenophobia and melanin-sucking albino vampires. <laughs> you know, the normal things. Yeah. Um, Gordon also came up with the theme of this episode, which doesn't make any sense. Uh We'll get into it, but it's Deceive, Inveigle, and Obfuscate, which actually is, you can see it at the beginning of the episode, and then Scully uh, kind of mentions it, and Mulder kind of, we'll talk about it. 
Chris Carter actually came up with the weapon that the monster uses in this episode. Um, the word teleco is Greek for end, even though this... I don't know why there's Greek in an episode about something from African mythology. <laughs> oh, wait, here it says, Teleco is Greek for end, although Teleco, uh, with, a, with an accent over the E, is the name of, quote, a spirit of the air in, oh, so just like the guy mentioned, Bambara mythology. So I guess it's two different words. Interesting. Um, huh. One in Greek, and then I guess one in uh, Bambara, which is, uh, they're an ethnic group native to much of West Africa. Okay. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, the role of the main villain, uh, since he doesn't really do too much acting in this, is a fella by the name of Willie Amakye. And he was actually an Olympic runner from Ghana. Really? Yeah, he had just returned. It says here uh, he was an Olympic runner who had just returned to his home in Southern California from the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. All right. I didn't know that. Uh, I I feel like there's like a weird... I know there's at least a couple other like Olympic athletes that became like actors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just always kind of I always find it hilarious when it's like, oh yeah, the Olympic athlete is now a, a now an actor. Like, oh okay, that explains something. <laughs> yep. Uh, the albino makeup, I guess, was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, it took several layers of a cover-up cream, layers of white powder, and a little pink powder. Uh, And he also wore contacts for the pink eyes, and then they dyed his hair orange for post-production special effects to change back and forth from black and white. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. And Aboa's birthday, the the character of of Aboa, uh, on his resident alien card is listed as September 25th, which is a reference to the birthday of Jillian Anderson's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Um, And this obviously had a lot of, like, racial themes and stuff like that uh, that didn't really work and we can talk about that (laughs) yeah this is a weird one for me so basically um it opens up on an international airline flight uh full of folks heading to the united states from africa And, uh, one of the men, he gets up and he goes into the bathroom and he's in he's attacked by, uh, a man, uh, that we see has been lurking in the bathroom. Um, the attacker was albino, but leaves the bathroom with his regular, uh, African skin tone back in place. 
and before the plane lands in the United States, a flight attendant discovers the victim, and now the victim doesn't have any skin pigmentation. He's albino now. Um, and then three months later, uh, Walter Skinner, this is where it all starts. Really get weird. <laughs> it just immediately from, from the get go. So, uh, Skinner calls in Scully and, uh, he says four African-American men have been kidnapped in Philadelphia um, and so for some reason the FBI is being called in on it instead of local jurisdiction, uh, mostly because one of them has actually been located and he is also exhibiting skin depigmentation and a specialist from the CDC thinks that there might not be, uh, kidnappings going on. He thinks because this one body has been found with this skin depigmentation, that maybe there is a disease and he's requested Scully because Scully is an investigator and a medical doctor as well. <sighs> Just seeing the pain on your face trying to go through this episode. Well, it's because we're about to talk about the most Mulder being Mulder for literally no reason that Mulder has ever <laughs> Muldered for no reason, which is something we've talked about on this show before. But while Scully is about to do her autopsy on this man, Mulder comes in and Scully explains that she thinks she and the CDC think that maybe there's no kidnappings at all, that these men are perhaps dying from some as of yet unknown disease and Mulder goes, Oh, huh? Well, uh, four black men with, uh, a white investigator. Uh, it's probably not a disease at all. Bye. I'm going to go peace out and try something else instead. And for the rest of this episode, he is convinced and Scully even calls him out on it. She's like, you know, not everything. And that's where that, um, that's where that phrase comes in. The uh, the deceive and vagal and obfuscate. She's like, you know, Mulder, oh, not geez, everything yeah. is like a huge conspiracy. Not everybody is out to do this stuff. Sometimes things are just things. And I think that this guy had a disease. Well, because story, we already know Mulder's right. But he has no... It's the worst. He has no reason to be right in this episode. None. It's the same fucking argument we that always comes up. It's mm -hmm. it's Scully being like, you know, this could be a completely medical thing. It's not a medical thing, so I'm right. And yeah, yeah, but it's been a long yeah. time since it's been this because story. Like at least in other. Yeah, I had forgotten how bad it was because he doesn't even have a theory based on mythology. He finds out about the he finds out about the legend of the teleco like almost at the end of the episode. He doesn't even come in at the beginning yeah. and think of some legend he read in a book. He just comes in and goes, "No, I think it's not a disease because reasons and leaves." 
<laughs> and goes to see Marina Kovarubius at the United Nations in New York to be like, what are you covering up? How do you know about this? <laughs> and he even makes like, I know we're jumping around on this, but like, <sighs> there's even a moment where like him, where he like repeats those, those lines of, Carubius or whatever. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna go somewhere where the like, blah blah blah. Oh uh, yeah, like, where are you going, Mulder? I'm gonna go see someone yeah. who knows how to deceive and veggle and obfuscate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. It's just I keep like, having to look uh, it up. It's right here in front of me. It's so. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um. Oh, you know what? He does that after though. He does that uh because Scully found a little thing. That she's not sure what it is. Uh, she collected samples, you know, and Mulder brings them to Agent Pendrel. Um, and I like the little joke he gets in with Agent Pendrel, <laughs> where he's like, "All right, Pendrel, tell me what we got." And Pendrel is like, "Oh, um, why don't I? Uh, why don't I just wait till Agent Scully gets here, so I don't have to say it twice?" Because you know, Pendrel has a crush on Scully, as he should, <laughs> and. Uh, Scully's like, oh, or, and Mulder's like, oh, she's not coming. She had a date. And Pendrel's like, <gasps> and Mulder's like, calm down, Agent Pendrel. It's with a dead man. She's doing an autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch the little hometown reference to our neck of the woods in this episode? No. Oh. Who was it? Because when they find that little thing, the little seed pod, because... Uh, Pendrel says, well, you know, I didn't originally come up with anything super interesting. Most of everything, you know, the dust and plant life and everything that Scully collected was local. But then I found this little thing and I had to spend a few hours online with a botanist from UVM to figure out what it is. Oh, did not hear that at all. <laughs> yeah. So talking about a... Finally, Vermont, Vermont gets its just desserts or pays its... Whatever. <laughs> there is an episode that takes place in Vermont. It's not a very good one, and it's later on down the line, but we'll get to that one eventually. Why does Vermont get all the weird, sh weird and shitty shit? I don't know. I really wanted it to be a better episode, but it's not, and we can talk about it when we get there, but it's it's a little ways away yet. Um... Basically, yeah, uh, Pendrel and this botanist from UVM find out that this is a seed pod from a a rare West African passion flower uh, that has some sort of neurotoxic agent in it that causes something. Um, and... He. This is when he it brings causes, it. It causes people to get par paralysis. Yes, but he, supposedly, in only Pendrel says not from one seed. It would have to be in like a huge quantity. But jokes on Pendrel, as we find out. And that's when Mulder takes it to Covarubius, and he's like, "What do you know about this seed pod? I know you must know something about it because." And she she rightfully says, "Agent Mulder, like, do you know how many?" plants and fruits and vegetables from other countries come into our country like we i don't know about them all and then but it turns out well she does because why because story <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep stories uh 
she goes, well, you know, there's this one incident with this guy and she tells him about the incident from three months earlier on the plane. However, um, it turns out that the diplomat wanted to keep that secret. They didn't get to perform an autopsy on that guy. Why? Because. Just because. Reasons. <laughs> because reasons. This whole episode is because reasons. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Like, because, like, because we're kind of jumping around. Like, so there's the one kid who gets picked off mm. mm-hmm. uh, at the bus station while, while Mulder's off in D.C. yelling at, what's or, her name? Yeah, he's in. He's at the U.N. talking to Covarubius. Yep. Yeah. Who comes up with these names? Covarubius. Like, I'm not going to remember that. Marita Covarubius. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you have the kid who just misses his bus because he got hit in the neck with one of those uh, seeds. Yeah. And we had already things. met. Yeah. And we did skip around. We met Samuel Aboa because his, his uh, social worker showed up and everything. And we learned that he kind of like lives in his dark apartment. And then, yeah, that kid at the bus station. Um, with a really rude bus driver, by the way. <laughs> so rude. The kid obviously looks like he's in some sort of pain or whatever. He's just like, oh, whatever. Whatever. Like, Walk for all I care. I got a route to yeah. keep. <laughs> Even though he knows that this kid takes the same route every single night. <laughs> yeah, like, wouldn't you, like, Unless he's never driven that route before, like, wouldn't you kind of know the people that get on your bus a little bit? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, this kid's not getting on, but he's clearly waiting for me. But he's like, no, he takes the same route all the time. Yeah, because we find out his mother reported him missing because he didn't come home on the bus because he takes it home from his job every day. Oh my god. And the bus driver admitted he's like, yeah, I've seen this kid all a lot of times. Yeah, he just kind of looked like like sick or messed up or something. So he looked sick and you didn't help him? What an asshole. Good job. Good <laughs> yeah. job, bus driver. God. He even <laughs> My favorite is when he points out to Scully, make sure to include that I had a schedule to keep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, bitch. So once this kid has has disappeared, um, the the cops go around door to door looking for him, and they knock on the door, and you know this kid is paralyzed. And Samuel Oboa he opens the door and is like, "No, I, I I never seen him," and then pulls like a magic wand out of his throat. <laughs> He's like a fucking Pez dispenser. <laughs> and uh does something to this kid we don't get to see what it is um oh right and then um they go then they right the social worker they, they find the social worker right because Mulder has the information about the plane so he's like okay maybe this person we're looking for came over on the plane and Scully goes along with it because she still thinks it's a disease. And she's like, well, yeah, if, if, if this guy was found on the plane exhibiting symptoms three months ago, that means somebody on that plane was probably carrying the disease. So we got to find who it is. 
and they yada 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 get to Samuel Oboa, who tries to run, but they chase him and uh, they catch him because they find him squeezed into a drain pipe. Which is bizarre because he looks asleep. Mm -hmm. But he's hiding. Yeah. And so he doesn't have any symptoms of this quote-unquote disease that Scully thinks he has. But they keep running tests on him. And uh, then while they're running all the tests on him and stuff... Uh, Mulder goes to see a, the diplomat that we were talking about. Uh, his name is Diabra. And this is where almost at the end of the episode, Mulder learns about the Teleco, uh, which is an old folk tale of the Bombra people. And the Teleco was a nocturnal spirit of the air. And, uh, this, this diplomat basically says, you know, this happened in my village when, when I was young and like my cousin like was a victim and when i saw that guy on the plane i thought maybe if i just hit him away and ignored the problem it would go away which literally no problem has ever gone away because you <laughs> ignore it <laughs> and then uh, oh small fire i'm just going to walk away it'll sort itself out <laughs> right exactly and um while uh, so there's kind of like a, a montage going on here because while this story is being told, we see, um, like a, uh, an orderly, I guess, go into a Boa's room and he thinks a Boa's in the bathroom and he takes away the dinner cart, but really a Boa is hiding in the, oh, we also learned that the telecos like lived underground and could squeeze into really small places and stuff like that. And so he's hiding in the drawer on the bottom of the dinner cart. And that's how he gets out of his hospital room and sneaks past the guards as he goes in the dinner cart. And then Scully realizes that, uh, a boa doesn't have a pituitary gland and we kind of skipped over the science part. Basically what's been happening is like, cause the pituitary gland regulates a lot of hormones and stuff like that in the body. And it's also responsible for the production of melanin, which makes you have skin pigmentation and it, it does a lot of stuff. It helps keep you alive just like pretty much everything in your body. And he's like, sucking hormones somehow with his little magic wand out of their pituitary. It always, rem it, it always reminds me of how the Egyptians, <gasps> uh, yes! when they, yeah. When they do the whole like brain scramble before they, uh, mm -hmm. before they put people in and mummify them, they like put it up their nose and scramble their brains and pull everything out. Yeah. That's, that's what kind, of kind of what reminded it me of. You're right. That is kind of what it looks like. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> Um, so Daniel Laboa or whatever his first name is, I can't even remember anymore. Samuel, he doesn't have a pituitary gland and he's eating other people's pituitary glands, I guess. Um, pretty much. Yeah. 
And so he is, you know, it kind of reminds me, this is a kind of a mashup of so many other episodes. Cause remember, uh, the guy from squeeze way back in season one, he had to eat people's livers to stay alive. Um, this is like a very much a cut and paste kind of filler episode, but they were like, okay, instead of liver pituitary gland, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you think of it, the whole Teleco thing is basically uh, the same kind of character. Squeezes into small places. A little bit, yeah. Uh, like, they just literally did a cut and paste, but they but make your homework seem slightly different so you don't get caught. Mulder even, oh my god, he even presents almost the exact same explanation to Scully because he says, imagine, like, what if, like, a whole separate race, like a a pocket race of people evolved not having pituitary glands and, like, having to, oh my god, it is the same episode. The exact same thing. (laughs) Oh my god. I, uh, I like this episode even less now than I did before. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Aboa, he kidnaps Duff. He paralyzes him. He, he shoves his little stick up his nose, but he gets caught in the act uh, by, a, by a passing police officer. Uh, he runs away. Mulder and Scully... Uh, Mulder essentially is like this oh yeah is where i call bullshit <laughs> well because he remembers that pendrel found asbestos and so they go to a demolition site uh no, where they're th- passing a demolition site it's not even like they don't go there even them mm-hmm. like thinking anything out it's just it's Mulder doing the most Mulder thing it's like stop here they found asbestos it's from a construction site. I know it. And they just barge in. Yeah. And so they, they go, Mulder gets paralyzed. He gets taken away. Scully heard him shout for help and tracks him down and, and gets him out. She finds the other dead bodies. Uh, Scully shoots a boa. Uh, and then it ends with Scully writing in her journal, which she hasn't done in a long time. She says that he's struggling to survive while he awaits trial because, um, apparently even though they're giving him, him hormone therapy, uh, it doesn't work and he's probably going to die. And that's the end of the episode. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this episode this episode drives me crazy well it's just like we said like it's really is nothing more than just a cut and paste like filler episode mm-hmm. with, like just make the monster slightly different and call it a day and it's not even uh, I sort of appreciate the idea of let's pick something because okay not even sort of appreciate i appreciate the idea of let's pick something from an african myth to use because uh african mythology is something we just don't see in our popular culture like we just don't 
And we should because there's some cool stuff there. And it's like a whole thing we just don't see. But it's the whole episode's executed so poorly that it's like by the time you're done with this teleco thing, like, I don't even care about it. <laughs> like, I'd like to see a better version of this creature in something. Yeah. Just, yeah, because they really just, it's a Frankenstein amalgam of amalgamation of just bits and pieces from other episodes that doesn't really make much sense because they're explaining the teleco as like as like this demon but the demon of air or whatever and it likes to hide it, it but like it doesn't really come out during the day mm-hmm. you know it clearly comes out in the day like and it's fine like yeah. it's not mm-hmm. really a big deal and it's like it squeezes in the small places i'm like okay like that doesn't make much sense but whatever especially if it's supposed to be just a tribe kind of deal mm-hmm. like it it just it just is all hobbled together and that's why like for me i gotta give this into like the d category like a hard d yeah there's who i i'm <laughs> Boy, with this episode, I'm at like a D minus. Like this is yeah. almost for me, it's still not. There's only like two episodes that I really think of as being like an F, and one of them is space. And this is not space bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Really close for me. Like it's just like I said, Mulder has absolutely no reason besides because story to go off on yeah. everything he's it, it's terrible d minus yeah next so week's much, episode is so much reasons <laughs> next week's episode is so much better by the way um this was thank goodness this one was absolutely just uh a kind of a filler type episode uh next week's episode is titled unru at least i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly and uh it is one of the really good ones and part of the reason it's good is uh it's written by vince gilligan who later went on to all right yeah vince gilligan wrote some really good episodes of the x-files and uh even though that it wasn't a show for me actually neither of the shows he went on to do were for me i was not a breaking bad fan and i'm not a better call saul fan but i know everybody really enjoys those so i've never watched them either i saw this is a tangent i saw some of Breaking Bad and it's one of those things for me where it is just kind of bad people doing bad things at least the episodes I saw were like everybody just seemed like a shit heel and I have a hard time watching shows where everyone's just a terrible person <laughs> makes sense I can understand that yeah there's very now I'm trying to think there's got to be at least something i've watched but i don't eh, it's not coming to mind it doesn't matter i'm way off topic now everybody's episode it's for next kind of well yeah oh. it's kind of like uh there's an e there's a couple of er shows that like i watch with like my with like my mom mm-hmm. and 
there's one of them that I deem like the the show where no one's redeemable. Because mm-hmm. like I'm like, oh, if this if I ever got sick, this is the worst hospital to go to because everyone yeah. sucks. So those are hard shows to watch for me. So yeah, yeah. All right, that everybody watch Unruh for next time. We'll talk to you later. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.